documents, programs, and directives that nobody likes to touch. These items get pushed onto someone and get forgotten about until it's time for an inspection. It's only during these inspections where people finally realize its importance. Regardless of what you may think, documentation is still an aviation requirement. This is Documentation Still Sucks. All right, everyone. Our guest for today is an experienced data analyst and logs and records specialist for about the past 10 years. He's also had experience working with both the DOD and the Department of State. Everyone, welcome aboard. Buns of steel. Buns of steel. Not to be confused with the workout video, Buns of Steel. This is steel as in steal your girl or steal your man. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming aboard, Buns. Really, really appreciate it. Of course. Good to be here. Where are you? Uh, where are you stationed at right now? Um, right now, I'm, I'm on Camp Pendleton. I was in Virginia for a while, North Carolina, and then overseas for a bit as well. Okay, where are you from originally? Okay, I'm originally from Ohio. Oh yeah, what part? Cincinnati. Okay, I'm from uh, like two and a half hours north of there in a small town called Coshocton. Uh, I know you. Okay. Oh, you've heard of it? Uh, it sounds familiar. My my Ohio geography is a little bit off though. It's like 60 miles northeast, northeast of Columbus. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that area. Out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, big bonds hit us up with, uh, with your, uh, your profession. What do you do? Okay. So originally by trade, um, an aviation maintenance data specialist. We're basically the people that track all of the maintenance that goes on with the aircraft, everything installed on the aircraft stuff like part numbers, serial numbers. And then I dabbled in the realm of data analysis, which is more so showing um, what's trending. Like, hey, this specific serial number range on this aircraft blade is going bad. So everyone needs to keep a lookout for that. And then right now I'm in maintenance control. So I'm the one dictating basically the plan of the day for maintenance, what all we have to accomplish in there. I'm the technical directive coordinator. So basically, you know, every year a new iPhone comes out, it, it's kind of like that with aircraft stuff, but you're not going to get a new aircraft every year out. There'll be like software changes, part number changes. And then I track those things and make sure they're done on the aircraft we have and that they're currently in an up-to-date status. So, I mean, it sounds, sounds like a super important thing to do, but with some of the experiences that I've had, especially with updates and upgrades and technical changes no one normally cares about that until your phone pushes it to you you know like hey you have this update like oh <laughs> shit uh okay uh yeah until somebody walks out and says oh by the way this expires at midnight uh so the aircraft goes down at midnight like, wait a minute <laughs> what <laughs> you tell me this now <laughs> like when did this thing first come out uh, about two months ago oh my murder Hang him. <laughs> Shame upon you, upon your house. Dishonor to your whole family. <laughs> so, so what's been the biggest uh, frustration then, I guess, uh, in dealing with all of that? Like, I know you're in control, you oversee everything. 
but you've also had the documentation background. Where do you see the biggest breakdown, uh, you know, from, from a TCTO dropping to being executed on the floor? Uh, honestly, it's usually not the big ones. It's like the smaller stuff. So we track, we have certain tracked items that we pay, we pay special attention to. It's usually the smaller components that don't, they're just like, oh, whatever. It's just like a processor. I don't really care about it. And then they don't document like the part number, serial number, manufacturer until it's kind of too late. And then we're like, hey, we got to take apart the whole aircraft to find out what you installed on there. And that's usually where the breakdown is. It's not with like the big items. It's usually the smaller ones that'll catch you off guard. So like ones that deal with, like you, I heard you say processes. Well, like a, a computer processor. Oh, oh processor. Normally, I'm sorry. I mis- misheard you. Oh yeah, no, no. So normally you would track the the mission computer, let's say, mm-hmm. but you don't really care about the processor attached to it. But those are the ones where the the system changes will affect them. But people don't really track those too well because it's a smaller, not too cared about item. Right. So you'll 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 change out one component in the software changes, but you didn't change the processor with it. Yep. So when you go and install an off check it, and then three days later after troubleshooting, you haven't figured it out. You determined that, oh, by the way, the software had to be changed in the processor. So, like, that that goes into, like, uh, those kind of changes where, like, it gets pushed out, like, okay, this is urgent or this is cautionary. and then, But then you have the ones where say, well, this is routine. It, it's do it whenever suits you best. And then the guys uh, who are running the show just kind of like, uh, whatever, you know, it's just do whenever I feel like it. Well, I don't feel like it now. And then they just kind of keep pushing it and pushing it. <laughs> And they don't they don't keep note of when it's supposed to get done or like there's a Dubai date or an expiration date. But they just keep going and going and going. And then next thing you know, oh my God, they expired and they start like backtracking. <laughs> yeah. Do it next maintenance cycle. Yeah. Or but if you're a place that doesn't fly a whole awful lot, you know. And and then yeah, it just goes by the wayside. That that's kind of like somebody where they say, Oh, do your do your oil change every three thousand miles. But but the but the bottle says it's good for ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> or or like uh they only their commute time is only three miles. So like so okay, so I got like all year to do this, but you, you know, there's also like a time by like change your oil every three to ten thousand miles or this many months. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. But and that's the case that's the case with some of these uh these um technical directives or technical changes where you know, they, they don't, they don't care about the hours or they only care about the hours, but they don't care about the dates. And then next thing you know, we're flying a plane that's expired. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what's some of the uh, ne- negative repercussions then uh, that you've had to dish out being in control when they've uh, flown with some expired uh, TCTOs and such? Um. So originally we stood up for a new aircraft type model and during that inspection, we found that um, one shop was not putting the correct part numbers for equipment they had. And we failed, like miserably failed, like in the 40s for the inspection. What, like, hey, what we're not that, good to what fly. What does that mean in the 40s? Just, just to elaborate on it. Sorry. Oh, so like out of a possible 100% of, of our inspection, we got, we scored in 40%. Oh, my God. Of it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that considered a bad. D or an F? I, I don't remember. That's like a U. on a grading scale. That's, that's like a U, man. So <laughs> yeah, you're you're able to fly. I think at seventy, anything below seventy is technically failed. Oh man! And we scored forty. Damn, hard, hard fail. <laughs> well, if you were playing by golf rules, you won. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. We're both low par, you know. That's the only time. Okay, so so what what did you find that was uh you said what, something was installed or, or can you elaborate on that situation a little bit? Yeah, so a lot of times I, so I come from a very record-based world. Like every number letter matters. And it's not always like that in the maintenance world. It's kind of like, "Hey, we got the part. It's pretty much the right part." throw it in there and make the aircraft fly. Mm-hmm. So anything, even like it says, you got a whole part number that's attack one and not attack two. That means that a lot of extra maintenance has to be done on it. And that's essentially what was happening was something was attack one instead of attack two. Mm-hmm. And they just were like, Oh, it's close enough. Uh, but it wasn't. So stuff got missed because of that. The famous close enough. Yep. Close enough until you get got. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's going to be around the time when people do realize, like, we don't know it's wrong or we don't care that it's wrong until someone calls out on our bullshit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then it, it's pretty, it's easy to miss sometimes. And for a lot of people, especially like the, the junior maintainers, it's not really that big of a deal for them. Or like when they're looking at the aircraft and like, okay, this is what I know it has to say. It'll make my life a lot easier if I just say that's what's in there instead of what's really in there. And it, cause it, I mean, no one likes being dirty and greasy and trying to read a worn out part number for hours. So like, okay, this is pretty much what I think it needs to say. So I'm going to say, that's what it says. And it's not until later that it gets caught. And that's something I've seen across every squadron or unit I've ever been with is at some time they're just like, Hey, this is close enough. We're going to say it and then we're going to keep operating. And then eventually it comes back to bite you either when you're trying to turn that in and it's not what you say it is or some like a technical directive gets missed or like a removable interval. Do you think it's, uh, it gets those items get missed out of it's, it's, it's not that important to them. It's just the kind of taking a lack lackadaisical approach to it is it because uh they're too focused on mission readiness i'd say it's it's probably mission readiness because that's something we always harp on is readiness and flying and hours not necessarily like the good healthy maintenance like hey i can fix this in 30 minutes but if you want it really fixed it'll take me like four days they'll be like hey just patch it up real quick and send it out flying again because we need to make these hours yeah, I've been in those situations too before where they're like, look, I don't care what it takes. Just get it back in the air. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, all right. I guess cardboard and duct tape to the <laughs> to the rescue. Exactly. And it's going to come back broken again and you're going to fix it again. And it's just a cycle that keeps going. Yeah, so it never, it, it never actually gets fixed. It's just, it's just one bandaid after the other. Yeah. yeah. Like re- replace next uh, upon failure or something like that. Like just keep patching it up until they can't go no more <laughs> and then, and then do something about it. Yeah. I see that a lot or like, Hey, we can't fix this without taking an engine out or so we're just going to leave it until eventually that engine breaks and then we'll fix it. Yeah. Milk it, milk it along until it hard fails. <laughs> Great. Love that. I love that. Uh, fantastic. Approach to <laughs> uh, 
So I, I've dealt with a similar program to uh, TC to um, like technical directors, but this dealt with the support equipment. Now, if you think if you want to see people just straight neglect and not give a flying fuck about, it's always the support equipment because our our end goal is the plane being in the air and doing what it's supposed to do. But all the other stuff that goes into mm-hmm. getting the plane fixed, unless it's something that I can put put in my hand or calibrate, they almost don't care. Um, so the support equipment program gets just tossed aside, tossed aside, tossed it aside until what like the hydraulic generator or the or the electric generator blows up or overamps the aircraft or whatever the case may be. Yeah, till your mule overpressurizes and grenades the hydro system on the aircraft or whatever else. Yeah, man, some of the most haggard equipment out there is the age equipment, the GSE stuff, man. Oh my god. <laughs> Just looks like <laughs> just looks like they threw it off the top <laughs> of the building and then set it on fire. Is it still working? Barely. Well, barely is good enough. You know, and and uh, they they normally don't give us the uh, care about it like what Buns are saying until something goes wrong or there's an inspection coming by and then oh my god, get it together! Why haven't we done this? You know, like they start backtracking uh, all their actions. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right before an inspection comes or right before a big test event or something like that. And then all of a sudden, we need to get all this stuff done now. And you're like, well, hold on a minute. I wasn't <laughs> even tracking none of this. Where is this coming from? Well, it wasn't important to us. We just kind of kept it on the back burner. But now this testing is number one. So now we need it's now the number one in the airfield. But hold on a minute. Just because you, you're pissed for planning, you know what I mean? Doesn't mean I need to jump through hoops and work 16-hour days for you. You know, and then you're trying you're trying to answer for like however many days, months, years that this thing's been neglected, like and trying to get it back up to speed in like a week, <laughs> if that. <laughs> so since you so since you spent time in the analytical side of things and have now moved into maintenance control, um, have you tried to implement maybe a new process? It might not even be a written down process, but just a, a cultural change uh, to get people to be more mindful of some of the things we've talked about yeah so far have you, have you tried anything yet i have um luckily the the support equipment guy is a he's a flight equipment guy by trade so he's really used to the record keeping as well so with the two of us in there and there's only four of us in maintenance control right now so we're we're trying to definitely shift it more so on proper documentation Vice ma- rushing maintenance procedures and just trying to get things to fly, and it it's turned around significantly. From okay, so what if if you wouldn't mind going into specifics on a plan, the plan that you and the other guy have come up with to to change the the shops and to make it so where they're, they're now being more mindful and and ensuring that everything is documented properly. Part of it was even um, at the very beginning when we start accepting items from supply, like supply gives us something, making sure that that documentation at the source is correct. Like what they're saying they're giving us is actually what they're giving us. And then doing oh, proper proper screening of it, like for the technical directives, uh, when we're receiving support equipment, making sure that all the maintenance was performed on it, that needs to be performed on it, that all the changes have been made with it, the calibrations and such, just as soon as we start receiving items into the squadron, making sure they're good. And then if they're not turning them away, man, that's, that's awesome because I know in the past, you know, working some of the aircraft that I did and, and I would get a part in. And the first thing I would do is open it up, do a visual inspection 
of it to make sure there's no obvious defects. But then I would always take the parts card that came with it and verify that the part number, serial number matched what was the actual component said. And, and I can tell you probably, probably 50% of the time, those two didn't match. And, and I, I sent it back to send it back to stock, you know, like this is no good. Send me something else. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't do that. They're like, cool, I got the part. They ignore the parts card altogether mm-hmm. and install the component. And then next thing you know, this is broken from stock. Well, hold on. Let's, did you look at the stuff? No, it doesn't even match. And then you research it and you figure out that that thing failed in the field somewhere else and it never actually got repaired. They just put it in a box and sent it back I, out. I've, I've had experiences with that. Or they'll say like, oh, we bench tested good. But they mixed up the serial numbers. They said they bench tested something else and they sent you one by mistake and it you go to hang this thing and it ends up smoking a part of the aircraft or it uh overamps something or oh like oh but you wouldn't but you would have yeah. caught that the moment uh you went to go check the part or check the cards but of course like uh both of you have said we, we're just so happy that we got the part and we don't we just want to put it in and get the plane out of here because we've been waiting for it and and now have most people been receptive to the changes you're implementing or you got a lot of kickback and a lot of people um, fighting it we I would say it's a pretty good reception. It started when I first got to where I'm at a couple of years ago, just trying to slowly build up that process. It, the people who get the most upset, I would say, are more so the higher ups, just because, hey, that part finally came in. We need to install it right, right now. And we're like, no, we have to go through the administrative process, checking it all now, because we're going to be fucked and doing all kinds of double maintenance if we install it. It's bad. Now I got to remove it and wait for a whole brand new part anyway. Wow. Following wow. a process. What does that mean? What, 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 what is, is that, that like? What does that Wait, look tell like? Tell me of this. How many times how many times how many times six did we get a part in that had an incorrect parts tag? And they're like, oh, it's cool. We'll just generate a new parts tag or, that has or information. Have- I was like, well, you're just kind of like, or there didn't have anything to begin with. Or it showed up with a re- or it showed up with a red tag. And like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll just print up a green tag for it. And then you put it on and the, and the thing kills itself. And you're like, what? Yeah, it's like, God damn it, Supply, how dare you send me this bad part? Like, it had a red tag on it. It had a red tag? But then you want to go to the Supply, like, who, who, who packaged this part? You saw there was a red tag. Do you not know what that means? Like, do we need some remedial training? Well, why thought, did I even I get this part? I thought red meant emergency. <laughs> I thought we were talking Mountain Dew Cobra. That's so delicious. <laughs> um, so it, that's actually interesting because we do have Supply guys working at the squadron, they're the guys that get us the parts. And a lot of times they have no clue beforehand what life is like at a squadron. Really? So I'm trying to teach them. So when they go back to supply, like, Hey, you guys fuck us over all the time. This is how and they're like, Oh wow. I never even realized. Cause my job was essentially, Hey, I have this part. I'll just take it over there not make sure that what they're giving us is good before it even gets there. MVP. We talked about this before, right? Where, We've had so many conversations on this. Like if everybody just took a little bit of pride in their job, you would see that like, well, I'm just this, you know, maybe that's how people feel like, no, I'm just this, my job's not that important. I just, they put in the request and I take part a from this location and put it over here at this location. But really you could prevent so much headaches and frustrations and, and save so much money by you just going, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. I only got one part in the system and it's got a red tag. Hold on, everybody. Or like yeah. what Buns was saying, you know, like you get a part request and then you look on the shelf, like the request says A, your shelf says A. It's like, okay, so this must be part A and gives it to you, but he doesn't like verify it. 
to the request what the actual part is and then they sent you you ask for a wrench and they give you a hammer you're like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> or you look at it and it's the same component but one's a rev a and one's a rev b and the part that came in was a rev the request was a rev b and they only have a rev a and like well that's probably not too much difference and they send it to you anyways like well, it may not look like there's much difference, but the change was internal. That's why one's a B and one's an A, you know, I don't know, just stuff like that. Um, I've ran into that a lot. Or like, like uh, what Buns was saying again, where the change comes out that's internal. And so you're supposed to change uh, the sticker or the label or whatever the case may be that indicates that it's a Rev B, but you don't. But you don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. So everyone thinks, oh, it's Rev A and they, they don't <laughs> end up tossing it. And then they come to find out that it was in fact a part of a uh, Rev B. And then we're now digging through the trash trying to find this thing. <laughs> People just take that extra couple minutes to just check something. It usually saves a lot of heartache in the end. Well, that's what, but, but what a lot of like the big wigs justify it as is like, go, 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 get it out there now. Time is money. Put it on the floor. But then like you said, you mentioned earlier, Buns, double maintenance. And you're like, well, all the, the, the five minutes we saved yesterday it's now costing us four hours today. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we went backwards. <laughs> Cost of poor quality. What is that? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I see that happen probably weekly where it's like, Hey, rush, we got to get this done. If you don't get it done, we're, we're staying late until it's finished. And then they'll rush it. And then the next week we're trying to troubleshoot and figure out what the hell is wrong with the aircraft. And turns out, you know, they skipped a step or missed a step on accident just by being rushed or overly saturated with things they have to do that day. Or you found out the, uh, the person who they rushed to install it and the person they had install it, what didn't actually have the, wasn't certified or, or signed <laughs> off on their OJTs to install the part. And so they skip something and you're like, Oh my God. And then QA comes down with that big hammer. Why, why were you doing this? Why are you doing that? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it does what it's told, sir. It does what it's told. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so, but uh, uh, along with the data analysts of things, uh, besides the the part numbers, serial numbers, do you guys also track like mistakes in the documentation itself? Mm-hmm. I believe they do it daily now, but they'll go through all of our active work orders. And they'll just look for documentations like you said you were going to remove and re- remove and replace this item but your malfunction code said there was nothing wrong with it. Like that doesn't make sense. They'll go through for stuff like that documentation errors to try to fix them. I mean, would they go as, as fine yeah, as fine as like misspellings and punctuations because, because f- for me, I would always have the new guys like there is misspellings. I'm like, fix that. Who the, who the hell writes that way? Everybody has word search these days or everybody has that, you know, spell check these days. Come on. There's no reason to, there's no reason to, and I get it. And maybe the handwriting was a little bad. That's another pet peeve of mine. Um, but, but I always tell people like, no, write that, scratch that out, do enter an error and start to write up over that. I said, that's trash. And I, and I always explain to people like, if you went to, if you, let's say you own this aircraft and you were going through the log book and you're like, who the hell have I had working on this thing? Right. I said, you got to look at it that way. That's how the customers, pilots, whoever's going to be looking at it. Like who the hell's been working on this? It's just, it's just stuff like that. But that's, that's what was drilled into me a long time ago. And it just stuck with me. Oh yeah. When I came into the, the logs and records side, my handwriting was awful. 
And I would sit for hours every day just rewriting phrases, sentences, words till they thought it was good enough. That, that's what my mom used to do with me when I was a kid. She'd make copies of my homework and I'd fill it out. And if it was, she didn't like the handwriting, she'd throw it away and make me do it all over. So I have, I have actually some pretty good handwriting <laughs> because of that. <laughs> yeah, everyone compliments me now. They're like, wow, your handwriting's so nice. I was like, it has to be because people have to read what I am writing. Mine's kind of the opposite. So like I, when I was being taught to write, it was all cursive, like cursive, everything, everything cursive. So and then somewhere the, the change happened where it all has to be print or block letters. So I'm used to doing curves and loops and all this other stuff. So when I write in print, you can still see like I'm trying to write. I'm trying to fight myself to write in print. <laughs> so like my e- <laughs> You know, it's funny is I ran into a situation a few years ago. Um, my shop manager, I guess he never learned how to write cursive, but I left him a note one day and I had it because I write cursive for most things. And I left him a note written in cursive and he calls me in his office the next day and he holds his note and goes, what the hell is this? And I was like, uh, it's the note I left you. He's like, is it? He goes, I don't understand any of this chicken scratch. This isn't writing at all. This isn't even in English. And then my supervisor walks in and he holds the note and he's like, it says this, this, and this, and this. And he goes, no, it doesn't. And it turns out the manager did not read cursive. <laughs> you have to have like a little decoder ring next to it. Like, this is a W, <laughs> this is a Y. <laughs> it's like your signature, but it's for words. Like I lost a lot of respect for the dude that day. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you're my boss's boss. Like, you you're old enough cursive? to you're old enough to write in tail feathers, dude. Like, how the hell do you not know how to read cursive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you had to learn it with a with a feather you know, and ink. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as, if you will. That's what I judge people on, right there. It's like if their handwriting is trash, I'm like, I can't respect you as much as I could. Man, I I do the same thing. I do the same thing. I look at them like, all right, this person's less than acceptable in my <laughs> eyes. I don't know why I do that. They could be the nicest person ever, but I'm like. Their, their writing, their handwriting is trash. I can't deal with this. My mind's a similar way when it goes to like the, the actual write-ups themselves where they're just like removed. Okay, why? Did you come up with this or did someone just tell you to do it? <laughs> you you, you got to be shitting me, man. Like how, how are you, how are you fixing planes right now? And you have, and you write shit down like that. Like get out. <laughs> yeah. So how many times do you find that buns when you're doing the uh, analytics side of things, when you're going, you go through and you, you just see the, remove component but there's nothing else with it did you reinstall it like what happened here or they write it up as uh component requires removal component removes and you're like but why did it require removal and then you signed it off as being removed the sign off should have been reinstallation of either a the same part or b a new part you know so it was pretty frequent and then when i got in there i got all the desks together and i was like hey write up your work orders so I can understand it because I don't know shit about what you guys are talking about maintenance wise. So I need to be able to understand it. And since then they started changing it a lot more. But when I first got there, yeah, I was like component found bad, removed and replaced. And I was like, okay, can I get some more information on that, please? Yeah. What was bad about it? And why were you even looking at, why were you even looking at that component? Well, I was doing a post flight. Great. Write that in there. <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good that you you you've made those positive changes in that aspect because because as as six and I have talked before, documentation is some of the most atrocious. It's the biggest. Oftentimes, it's the biggest part of a, any job in aviation, and it's the most under 
valued until it comes time for audits or inspections and then the documentation is everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for our inspection, we got perfect on every drill, every practical, all of our maintenance processes were good, but it was our documentation processes that killed us a whole 30% off just off documentation. A lot of it is just simple stuff that it just falls to the wayside because no one likes the paperwork aspect. Everyone wants to be out there fixing aircraft, turning wrenches, making them fly. They don't want to write down exactly what they did or they don't do it till it's too late. Like, Oh, I don't remember exactly what I did. So I'll just shorthand it. And I'm pretty sure that's what I did. And then it comes back to bite us in the end. I'm pretty sure that's what, that's when you want to grab somebody by their collar and you say, I'm pretty sure. How do you, you were there. Weren't you? I saw you there. Like on autopilot, were you asleep standing there? Like, what were you doing? How do you not know what you did? Like major pain, you know what I mean? Like he, he's, uh, he's fell asleep with his eyes open, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I did this inspection once where I was auditing paperwork and uh, this one individual, he, he wrote down that he removed and replaced an engine, but by, by the work code, as a removed and replaced engine, but the actual work, he just, he, uh, he reseated a generator. I'm like, wait a minute. How, so the work was you replace, you reseated a generator, didn't remove it, didn't replace it. You just, just kind of unbolted it and then bolted it back in. Correct. And then, so how the hell did you go from a generator to using a work, an engine work code? Like, how does that work out? How did you even get to sign this off? And, and then, you know, like just the, the dumb look in his face, like, did you realize, man, like just how stupid you could have, like, you have to have been the stupidest person alive where you just accidentally got this right. Or you had to have been so smart where you did dumb shit on purpose, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, how, how did you get the system to do that? Like, it blows my mind. Like, like what you guys have been saying, like, no one, no one really cares about the, the documentation side of it. And it clearly shows with that inspection that you just said that it's not until someone smashes your bag about it that people start to care and it's all and it's almost always those programs where you it's it's not critical that we do it right away so we just we just kind of push it to the side until it becomes a big problem Mm -hmm. or a lot of it too is it it might even be out of your hands all it takes is one person not paying attention because they wanted to do something and you might not even be aware that they did it like oh yeah uh this part was bad so we just replaced it and we didn't say anything. And I'm like, well, thanks. You just fucked me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, that's a good point. Uh, MVP, we've seen oh, many instances like that, haven't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. Tons of it, man. And they, they, well, we found this broke and then we replaced it. And then, but they don't say anything. And the next shift comes on. And they're like, huh. And they go to do the optic. Let's say they were some component, something was replaced and, they just pass it on in the pass down to the oncoming shift verbally, you know, Hey, Oh, we got to do this object, but you're not tracking this control. So then you walk out there, they're doing an engine run or something you're like, Hey, what, what are we doing here? Why are we running this thing? Like, Oh, they, they replaced one of the uh, alternators today. Wait, wait a minute. When the hell did that happen? When did that happen? Yeah. Why, why do they, well, they, they, they said it looked, it looked bad or whatever. What do you mean it looked bad? Why were you even looking at this thing? You, you know, it's just that kind of stuff. And then, and then QA comes around and does their audits. And then that's when, that's when it bites you. And then all oh, that go, by the way, this thing was supposed to fly 
like two hours ago and we're like why isn't this thing in the air yet and then oh by the way we had to do this this and this and just like what you say when the fuck did that happen <laughs> undocumented maintenance yep it's it happens more often than you'd care to admit and and despite all the processes and procedures and stuff you try to implement and cha- make changes um it's it's still going to happen just people are going to be people especially you know if it's friday and it's close to the end of the shift and like man we just need to get this done so we we don't have to you know we don't have to stay late and then that's when the shady stuff starts happening or pencil whipping stuff or like I, I've seen people pencil whip ops checks left and right. And then, so then you go to do a flight the next, the following week and that, that system failed. And you're like, we just ops check this thing in the past. What happened? And then you go and talk to the person you're like, Oh yeah, I just, I just signed it off. You're like, oh, my God, you did what? You just, <laughs> you just cost us so many thousands, about tens of thousands of dollars. I can't, I can't even, cause I've seen that happen way too many times. Especially when it's like what ones is saying is that when you're in a rush, you know, you care more about getting it done than how to get it done. Got to get that flight out. Yeah. You can, yeah. That's right. Back to that, back to that mission oriented, uh, maintenance, you know, um, are you guys using logbooks like paper logbooks? Are you guys on, uh, I, I assume you're probably using a uh, computer-based system. It's computer-based system for the majority. Um, for like, specific serialized tracked items we still use paper copy as kind of a backup just in case the system goes down and then right so you have an actual paper log book that that follows along with the computer system right might just be might just be printing out the computer and then three hole punching it and shoving it in that binder or whatever but yep that's exactly what it is so that's kind of like our contingency if that computer-based system goes down we'll have those reports that we've printed out a contingency what is that six remember, <laughs> what is that oh remember my God. that day remember that conundrum Jesus. we ran into with yeah nobody there was no yeah. no paper log books the system went down and there was no paper log books and nobody knew even how to create one or how to get the information for it oh, oh god so there we are in the dark waiting for the dinosaurs to fucking eat us you know <laughs> like i can't believe we're like and um in, in most cases buns when something like that happens you have a, a backup right where Okay, let's come together, figure out a way forward, and let's do this. Everyone, we, MVP and I asked this question, like, all right, how do we go forward from here? Because we got to get this going. And their logic and their solution was, like, we're just going to sit here and wait until the power comes back on. And I'm like, what the, f- what? Like, that, that's <laughs> no. your solution? Like, what? <laughs> no. no, no, you, you, what, what's the, what, what's you guys' uh, phrase there? Uh, six, adapt, improvise, overcome. Yeah. See? But everybody just freezes. Like, oh, the lights are off. I guess I'll just sit here. <laughs> what are you guys powered by solar? Like, get moving. Do something. Right. And it was not it was nighttime too, so <laughs> no power, no nothing. Like, oh Wally turned off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's how it goes though. Is you run into a problem. There's like, oh, we got a problem. Well, what are we doing to fix it? Well, I don't know. I'm just telling you I have a problem. Gee, thanks. Oh, real, yeah. real, real helpful. You're such a, you're such a solver right such there. Such a useful <laughs> entity. Um, I always tell people, I'm like, don't come in and tell me a problem unless you have a possible solution. Because if you just come in with a problem, you're going to make me angry. Oh, yeah, man. and that's and and that's what that's what we've done too. And they're like, well, looks like you're just going to be angry then. All right, great, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, at that point, just don't don't even tell me there's a problem. 
yeah. You know, and which they don't, which they don't. They just like, just kind of like, like you know, they have a secret. Like they're good. They're supposed to tell you something, but they just kind of breeze you through. Like, all right, I gotta ask, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Just like I said before, people just being people, and they'll let you down nine times out of ten. That's when Buns freaking turns into Mini Thor and just starts freaking <laughs> really fuck throwing people through walls and shit. <laughs> hey, hey, that's when Bun starts clapping people. <laughs> 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 Get that thunderclap going. That's a good point. Uh, from the top. Oh my god! I, I got to tell you, that's my favorite. That's my favorite call sign thus far. <laughs> you can't. That's a that's a tough one to beat. <laughs> that's good. It's really good. <laughs> what other kind of things do you guys track from the analytical side of uh, of documentation? Like how, 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 how finite of details do you guys go into? So we'll go into how many like average hours it takes to support one flight hour or average hours of maintenance per one flight hour. We'll track how often aircraft come back as down, how often they come back as up, how long we spend waiting for a specific part, then how long it takes to install it. Your like average percentage of readiness, like, 50% of our aircraft are up. If we're flying, usually only 30% are up. Oh, okay. You guys get way into it. We'll track down even like who the most productive workers are. Like they have this many worker hours, this many supervisor hours. Oh, no kidding. So you like, you'll go to each individual person from a shop and say, Hey, in this shop, you know, so-and-so is the highest uh, producing person there. Mm-hmm. So if I need something done, I need, I know I have to go talk to them. Yep. Oh, okay. Now, do you also, do you go, do you also track how many errors per person? Yes. They track errors per person. That's the one right <laughs> there. Is that <laughs> all uh, brought into play when it comes for promotion times and things? I wouldn't necessarily say promotions more so as like award writing. Well, I guess when, when people do their fitness reports, they they'll put how many man hours they have and if your officers attentive they'll look and they'll compare and be like huh you really have way less worker hours than everybody else so i'll grade you lower but as far as like junior enlisted guys it doesn't really come into play too much okay but does that that, does the is the shop lead or whoever's running that shop are they affected like so say he has that person has five five people in their shop and four out of those five are kind of less than reputable. You know, they have a lot of errors per person and this and that. Is that shop lead affected by his people that way? Um, to an extent. I know they're, they're highlighted by the command. Like, this section is the worst. Here are the worst offenders. And then the command will put a little bit of pressure on them. Oh, man, that, that just hurt to hear that right now. <laughs> that's that's sitting, sitting there in front of everybody. You are the worst. You were terrible. That's, Looking at you repulses me. Like, <laughs> fix yourself. That's that, that's that I'm going to have that ass ammo, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, someone's really out there to get you, you know? Like, pull, pull up his report, right? Let's take a look here. Mm, yep, I'm going to get that ass. <laughs> Got your ass now. <laughs> they, fold, they fold that piece of paper up into a paper airplane and throw it at the individual. <laughs> You've earned that. Even better, uh, we have what's called the monthly maintenance plan. 
it comes out. It has all kinds of information about like aircraft transfers, who's qualified to work on what. And they're talking about putting that in there, like the the top 10 worst documentation people. Oh my God. Oh shit. So we'll see if wow. that comes. <laughs> way, to, way to put you on blast. Right on blast, man. Like, and that's, you know, that's the first thing everybody goes to as soon as they open up. Ooh, let's see who's on blast today. This month. Uh, yeah, you guys suck. <laughs> and they call people all by names, huh? Mm-hmm. By name. Oh, that's even. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Man, if we could only do that in the civilian world. <laughs> no kidding. It's like, well, you suck, so you probably ought to do something about it. Ah, no, they're just grading me because I did this and that. Like, no, that's we we statistically proven that you suck. <laughs> so get with it, homie. With math <laughs> and numbers, I have proven that you are terrible. <laughs> it's like that meme, you know, like uh, that proven that that was a lie. <laughs> Science has proven that you're terrible. <laughs> Jesus. So it's funny you brought it's funny you brought that up, Buns, because with the monthly maintenance plan, um, I had to as a maintenance chief, I had to draft that. And it always falls on where, okay, here's the monthly maintenance plan. I need you to put give me your inputs because I need to get this dra- um, finalized and sent out for the following month. And then everyone would just sit on their hands and not do a fucking thing about it until like just two days before we have to publish this. And then you see like pen and ink changes all over the damn place. Like oh, fucking God damn it. <laughs> There's no fucking way. And then, so you do a last call. Like, is there any more fucking changes to this thing? No, no. Sorry. All right. And then you hit publish like, Oh, by the way, it's like, God damn it. <laughs> and it's not new. Like it's not a, a new thing that is here. It's been around forever. So, you know, yeah. Hey, this time every month, it needs but to everybody be plays, published. but every, everybody plays dumb around that time of the month. And they, yeah. they try to hold that information. Like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be put on blast, but then they have that change of heart. Like, but man, if I don't submit this information and they, and, you know, the, the big wigs find out anyways, I'm going to be in super deep stuff. Uh, yeah. So I, that's when they come to you last minute. Oh, by the way, you're like, well, I already published it. So now you're going to go on next month as double suck. Yeah. <laughs> and when, so it got so bad, man, as far as updating that, that uh, plan that we'll actually have a read an initial that you, Oh really? That you read it. Yeah. That you read it and you've put in your inputs and then your signing said that you did it. And so come like the publishing date, like you were saying, you didn't even sign the read initial. So how did you put these, these inputs in and how did you not know? And this, then the other, like, Oh, triple snuck. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, buds, get out here. And shit on him. <laughs> buds about to come data dump on all of you. <laughs> My God. That's, that's just the best. It's the best call sign. It is. Uh, Buns, any closing thoughts for us and for the listeners? If you're listening, just take that extra minute and write down what you're doing and document it properly. And you will save yourself hours in the long run. Can't can't stress that enough to everybody. Cost of quality, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> what a what a novel concept. Wow. Revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Jobs level it revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> MVP closing thoughts. Yeah, just do your proper documentation. Make sure everything's uh, squared away. 
make sure you've done all the things that uh, Buns has put into place, or otherwise you're going to get clapped by Buns, and, <laughs> and and ain't nobody want that. So. Ain't nobody want that. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know this, but Buns is in the two thousand pound club. Like this dude can deadlift like almost as much as Mini Thor himself. So, oh really? I, I'd, I'd I'd rather not be on that receiving end. <laughs> what's your what's your what's your max deadlift? It's not that big. It's like five. Uh, he's he's just like hyping five, me up. Five hundred. <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing. I'm only lifting, I'm only lifting a quarter ton. <laughs> for a set for a set of ten, you know. For, yeah, he's repping it out like no problem. Meanwhile, I'm over there with like the pink weights on the bar, like he's straining. <laughs> like the 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 pool noodle, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Bob in that one episode when he's got the teddy bears on each side of the stick trying to press and his that. arms pop off yeah <laughs> oh man so I mean we we joke around a lot but like the documentation of it that's a requirement and we we say this a lot it's the cost of quality when you don't do things right no matter how minute the step may be that can easily add up to thousands upon thousands sometimes millions of dollars in in work and damage so do the job right as tedious it may be and you'll be fine we like to thank our patrons for supporting us helping us make this episode bring in guests like buns here eric lamont stephanie boatman mike diltz jenny dignan laura mans thomas Connolly, and ryan freshshower you guys have been tremendous support for us and we appreciate all the support we've been getting from you all thank you so much for doing all that and for you, the listeners, for listening, sharing, subscribing. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. It allows us to bring in more guests, give you guys more content, allow Shoreline to be happy about <laughs> making episodes like this for us. Uh, check out our merch at cancelformaintenance.com. If you have some ideas for the show or would you like to be on the show, hit up cancelformaintenance.com, send us a line. We'll do everything we can to get both your ideas and you on the show, and we'll get things rolling. Uh, stand by for some uh, some cool merch and a giveaway that's coming in light of the holidays. We'll shout that out to you guys and give you more details on our social media handles, which is Facebook and Instagram. Please like, subscribe, and share. Leave us a review. All right. Thanks a lot, Buns, for coming on to the show. And giving us a whole lot of laughs, such as shitting on people who don't do their job right. <laughs> Buns bun shitting on people. <laughs> Getting clapped. Getting clapped. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I wish I could have thought of that call sign. Oh, it's so much better. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs>